intellectually, I know that the profit should come first, but in real life, it very often doesn't. The profit is what you hope is left over. Right. If you're a real estate investor who's sick and tired of living deal to deal, then welcome home. Hear from everyday real estate investors just like you and discover how they've completely transformed their business by taking a profit-first approach. This is the Profit First for REI podcast, where we believe revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. It's time to start making profit a habit in your business. So here's your host, David Richter. Hey everyone, it's David Richter back with the Profit First REI podcast. We have Sharon Bornholt today, which has become a closer friend here in the last few weeks. And she has an amazing podcast as well, too. I was privileged to be a guest on there and she runs a first class operation there. But then she's also, she's also someone I know that is changing lives because she has, she's not only out there teaching. She's done it for since 1998 is when she began investing and was originally a rehabber, buy and hold, became an accidental wholesaler, which I can't wait for you to hear and to see that story uh, play out because that happened around the crash of 2008. But that's where I want to make sure you know, Sharon is someone who not only is teaching this, but has done it, has done it well for a long period of time. She also helps a lot of people with probate investing. She's probably the probate queen. I don't know if she's branded herself that yet, but I think she's, she might be the the probate queen here that you get to listen to today. And then she's got a blog. She's anything that you want to consume. If you want to consume great content to be able to go out there and do more deals, follow Sharon. She's incredible. So Sharon, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. David, thanks so much for having me. And um, I do feel like I've known you forever at this point. <laughs> right? It's, it's funny. Once you get to start talking with people, and I, that's what I love about podcasts. We're literally talking about each other, our stories, who we are, sharing our passions. I think that's when you get to start to know people. What are they passionate about? What are we and what are they doing to help people? Once you get to know that, you know that person. So I I especially am excited about this one because I know I loved being on yours. So I'm glad I get to I get the the role reversal today to to question you. So let's dive into it. So okay. what even got you started in real estate in 1998? Like, well, to tell that story a little bit of, did you grow up around real estate or did you, you know, jump into it later? Well, on? as a as a kid, uh, my earliest memories, I, I like to say I was the oldest of four children. My dad was a general contractor. And by virtue of being the oldest, I was the most well-behaved. So when somebody got to go with him on job sites, it was me. And so I was exposed to it as a kid. But I went on later on, um, much further down the road, I managed a medical pr practice. I worked in the medical field. And then I opened a um, another business, a uh, home inspection company in 1991. And in doing that, I met a lot of real estate agents. And one day, 1998, a real estate agent came in and said, do you want to go to a RIA meeting? And I said something like, what's a RIA meeting? And she told me, because I had honestly, it's almost embarrassing to say it, but I had no idea that you could be in real estate and not be a realtor. Hmm. So yep. I went to the meeting. I saw about 500 people in that room passionate about investing. And I, would, I knew I found my tribe. Hmm. So I, I invested part-time for 10 years. And then uh, we all know what happened in 2008. So it, that's when it happened in Louisville, Kentucky. Some A little bit earlier in some areas, but the market crashed. I closed the other business, but I like to say it was both the best of times and the worst of times. Everything was on sale. The whole world was on sale, but 
could no one could get financed. So I went from being my original path was it was kind of what I call the slow path because I had a very demanding business, but I would rehab a house, buy a rental, do a rehab and kind of just limping along like that. When I just it wasn't my passion. You know, I wanted to be all in in real estate. So I just pulled the plug because let's face it, home inspections were going nowhere in 2008. Nobody was buying houses. So that's when my I knew my strategy had to change though, because if I bought, I had a couple of properties and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to rehab these things. And then they're going, they're going to sit for who knows how long, maybe a year. So I just flipped it over. I had a lot of contacts by that time. And I just called up someone and went like, well, David, I've got a couple of properties. Would you like to buy these properties? And went, heck yeah. And I thought, boy, this was easy. But it, it was really not an easy strategy. But I had 10 years of contacts. So it was easy for me because yeah. I was a marketer at heart. So that was my skill set was marketing. Awesome. I love that. That's, I wish a lot more real estate investors or business owners would appreciate what you just said there, because a lot of us are good at getting the deals and doing the deals, but becoming a proficient marketer, mm -hmm. that's what, that's what your business thrives on. So mm -hmm. that's learning those basic principles of marketing, being able to, you know, have those fundamentals. So that's, that's awesome. I love that. So that's how you became the accidental wholesaler. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I know how old you are and I'm a lot older than that. Back, I call it in the BI time before the internet, <laughs> we did direct mail marketing. That was how you got your message out. And today, in this year, direct mail marketing works just as well. And I would say for real estate investors working off market deals, it is the golden ticket to getting those off market deals. It works year yeah. after year. Doesn't matter what the market is. You may have to change it up a little bit, but it still works. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good because I know a lot of people in real estate investing and it does real, the direct marketing still works, direct mail, direct, you know, there's a lot of different ways to directly market, you know, to your, your end user. And those principles of direct marketing are going to be timeless. The principles there behind that. So absolutely. So Sharon, I'm going to just go off on a tangent a little bit here. Who's okay. your favorite direct marketer like to learn from? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you always think of people like Dan Kennedy, all yeah. the, all, all the big names. And then you narrow down and I look in my market, who's doing it really well, but it all goes back to, they all learn from the same people. I mean, mm. any direct marketer, I think learned the principles, unless you learned it all the hard way, you studied someone that really was good at it. But in, you know, in my market, uh, in real estate investing today, there are a lot of names that come to mind that know these principles, uh, marketing principles, because like I tell people all the time, once you understand this, it'll really change your business. Marketing is how you get leads, but branding is why they choose you. So you have, they're like a couple. If you've got one, but you don't have the other one, you're not really a full couple, but you need them both. And But you got to get the marketing, get the leads in the door. And then branding is how you differentiate yourself, as you well know, with this, yep. you know your book and everything. You got to be different. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And you mentioned the one name that resonates with me. And I think a lot of people, Dan Kennedy, and 
his books and his guidance because it's all it's all just bare bones not going to hold anything back here's the principles and i think if you're listening to this and you can tell sharon is a an expert marketer and a lot of us learned from people like dan kennedy and his books and those types of things as well too so if you're if you're doing direct mail if you haven't read a dan kennedy book you need to read a dan kennedy book you need to listen to sharon's podcast you need to listen to these people that are in real estate who've been trained by the people who know those principles so i this is why i love having sharon on here today that's awesome so then today like the progression you went from rehabber you know flipper to accidental wholesaler then how did your career progress from there you know like from the accidental wholesaling and how did you capitalize on the last you know 12 13 years in the real estate world what happened was um that same year 2008 i discovered probates Mm. I like to tell people, I've never been much of a scrapper getting on the MLS with thousands of realtors and investors. That's just not my style. I'm more like, let's go for the easier way, the easier path to do this. And for me, I I always worked off-market deals. In 2008, there was virtually no one working probates. There was also Mm. zero education on how to help these people. So I I dove into that, took, took a took a bit to learn that how to work with these people and how and to understand that they have a problem they've got to they have to settle this estate it's a legal process and they they've got a house that they've usually inherited they usually can't afford another set of utilities another set of everything that goes along with it and when you can go in there and understand their situation and wait for them to be ready to sell it's all about a very soft touch marketing I'll be there when you're ready to sell. You get to help a lot of people out of what is undeniably a very tough situation. And when I say that I've gotten more hugs at probate closings, that's the honest to goodness truth. They are so grateful that they have someone that understands their situation that can help them out of that mess. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Because that's why that's why if you're in real estate for the right reasons, that's one of the big reasons is actually helping the people that need the help. So absolutely love that. Let's go into a little bit then. You are a big Mike McCowitz fan. And this is, the, this is the Profit First REI podcast. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about what introduced you either to Profit First and like the concepts. Like why does why does his stuff resonate with you and especially Profit First? Well, and I think we talked about this a little bit before, but I I had someone send him, another investor send me one of uh, his first books. I th- actually thought it was his first book, The Pumpkin Plan, and then I found out it wasn't his first book. But I started with that one and I liked his book because it started, it, it talked about real estate investing in that book. And I went on to read Clockwork, Profit First. I've just read the books up the line, including I just got his newest book. But his uh, the Profit First book, for me, I'm a very visual person. So when you talk about your book and he talks about the concepts, I can I can see the I can see the buckets. Okay, you you put this here and you put this here. And, and I think the thing that resonated with me was intellectually, I know that the profit should come first. But in real life, it very often doesn't. The profit is what you hope is left over. And I think universally that works for people. They're they're going to put the profit bucket up when they've done this and this and this and when the expenses are down and when, you know, and I think from the whole profit first philosophy, it changes your thinking much the way rich dad, poor dad did. 
for for the people that really got that book, it it changed your thinking about the way things should be. And that's what I love about uh, the whole profit first idea. No, and I love that. that. I love that you said that too, because Rich Dad Poor Dad was how I got into real estate. And it's a lot how a lot of people explore different avenues of what they thought their life would be and had to be. And then, you know, going on a different path. And then, like you said, I feel like profit first and the principles and the philosophies are from, okay, now you're, now your mind is unlocked. Well, here's how to be different as a business owner, you know, like making sure that you actually have a profit and it's not just some event, you know, somewhere off in the future. So I love that. So then once you read that book, were you, did you set up, set it up? Did you start the bucket process? Did you get that in place and, you know, start that and get, Profit first implemented? I would like to tell you that I'm 100% there, but truthfully, I'm not, but I'm working toward that. I think for me, I had, I understood, once I understood the philosophy, it was really a kind of a light bulb moment for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all understand income and expenses, and you got to have the money coming in to pay the bills, but this is at a much deeper level. And it challenges you really to look at money differently, I think. You've got this pot of money now. This is the way I used to do the money, but Mm. this is how I should be doing the money. And I don't think people, I don't think entrepreneurs in general, so many of them are just bootstrapped. Most of them start out really bootstrapped. I don't think this is even something they know they should think about. And I think that's where your book and Mike's come in because you're teaching people, okay, you need to do this differently. Here's the way you do it, but you need to change your thinking about it first. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. And I appreciate that because that is, it's it's definitely a mental shift, but then I love that there's practical steps and no one's a hundred percent. Like even the people we're working with, like we have to take it in baby steps because it is so different than what than what we're taught or like what we're used to or what comes naturally. Even though you would think starting a business profit would be natural, but it's like for most people, it's that one day event. Like, let me just pour everything into it now. And I can't enjoy this, or I don't deserve to enjoy this. Or like, I need to put in this sweat in time and whatnot, where we get a lot of stinking thinking from W2, you know, like we're, we're just thinking that we have to you know, suffer. So yeah, I love, well, love that. We get the one day syndrome, like you said. Yep. As soon as I do this, it's it's like you're thinking about a lot of things. As soon as I get to this stage, then I'll enjoy this or I'll I'll do this. When in fact it should be reverse engineered. Right. Exactly. What are we doing today to make sure that that happens and that we have those incremental wins now? Because it doesn't just switch on like that. You don't just go from (laughs) insanely unprofitable to insanely profitable, you know? So we have to make sure that it's that process and step. Yeah. I love, I love that analogy too. So then let's talk about, cause you said, you know, it makes you think about money differently. And I like asking a lot of the people on the show, what early lessons did you learn about money versus how you think about it and compare that to how you think about money today? You know, I've had to really dive deep into that one because I grew up, as I said, my dad was a general contractor. It was a family-owned business. And what I remember was it was hard to make money. Mm. It was hugely profitable as a contractor, usually, except in the winter months. And I have this memory, and it wasn't something he did to me, but it's something I, I picked up on, that I knew things were tight in the winter, and I knew that... I somehow learned as a child that he borrowed money in the winter to keep his crew, and then he paid it all back in the spring. But 
and it was always fine, but it was always in the back of my mind that it's hard to make money. It's not mm-hmm. easy. And you got to really work hard and there's some worry around it. And I got, I had to get to be really an adult to real, to start to unlock my, my money beliefs that didn't serve me well. And I have to check them all the time. I mean, you think once you realize you've got these beliefs that are over, but they, they have a way of sneaking back in if you're not careful. You've got to constantly work on your mindset around money. Yeah, no, that's really great because it is. It's a lot of stuff, no matter where we are on our journey, you know, it's like, what are those things that are weighing you down or holding you back that you don't even know about? It's asking yourself those better questions. So absolutely love that. What would you then, what are some of those beliefs that you would want to pass on to the next generation of investors or like to make sure that it was continuous and make sure that they get there maybe faster because you've learned some things along the way? Well, I think you have to you have to uh, invest in yourself. And I, for me, books like your book, that's an important tool. Your mindset. People aren't born knowing how to fix their mindset. And there's a, I had a woman on my podcast named Nina Cook, who's a she's a mindset expert in uh, Britain, and she has these little tricks that you do. And I thought I found it fascinating that she she could just flip the switch. But I think you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your education because why should you have to learn everything the hard way when you can get a coach? You can say, okay, I'm not really, I haven't really mastered this, but who has mastered this thing that I need to learn and not spend the next 10 years doing it when somebody can get me there in a relatively short period of time. So I'm a big believer in don't reinvent the wheel. Go find somebody that's already built the wheel and then let them show you how to build the wheel. Right. Yeah. That's, that is so good. Cause that is it. There is, there's someone out there that's been where you want to be and where they, and where they are, where you want to be right now. So that could be Sharon. That could be other people, you know, as well. It's, there's a lot of great people that are out there making sure that people also can fall behind them and say, here you go. Here's, here's what I did. Please don't do this, you know, and save yourself some heartache from this, or please do this and you'll get there faster. So always love that advice because I'm a big believer in that part of a lot of masterminds, a lot of different events, love networking, love podcasts. That's why you should also listen to share to her podcast, to Sharon's podcast, because that's where you get some of that knowledge too. Who are the people that, you know, Sharon, something you should respect and then who's she having on her podcast. And there's just different ways you can unlock certain things to know. She just talked about a mindset coach, you know, like that's a big endorsement to make sure you have your mindset set in the right place. So absolutely love that. Well, and you know, the reason I started my blog back in 2010, when none of us had a clue what we were doing, just to be fully transparent, right. we just knew that I, for me, I wanted to share some of the things really that I had done wrong and keep people from doing them that way and share tips that I knew about how things worked and in return, then once I started the podcast three years later, I would have people like you on that would go, well, wait a minute, let me tell you this. There's a different way to do this, but it is a huge collaborative effort. And I'm a podcast listener too. I listen to people that know something that I don't know, or that I can learn from, or that I can, I think you have to think about mastery all the time. If you know how to wholesale houses or whatever it is, you know, then don't just dabble, get to the level of mastery and then go on to the next thing. And 
you'll you'll find what your thing is. I, I really believe that you'll find what your real passion is, and then master that. Right, <laughs> it is a process, you know. Like, and sometimes the sooner you unlock your mind too of that mindset, whether it's rich dad poor dad or whatnot. It's a journey from there. You're still discovering what are you, not only what do you love and what you're passionate about, but what what is valuable to the marketplace? What is valuable to other people to make sure that it's something that they want as well too. So, and that is, I feel like that is a process that is continually evolving. And then once you find that thing, it's like doubling down, becoming the master and helping people get where they want to be. And that's why we have this podcast, you know, like as a real estate investor, I wanted to make sure that people could have an outlet for have listening to people like share and talk about where they were, where they are now, how the mind, the profit first mindset has helped them and the implementation. So that's so good. I really, I really do appreciate that because there's a lot of people that we just figure out, you might not figure it out today, but like just be doing the things that you know that are right. And then you'll figure out those things once you get to that and you know, okay, this is what lights me on fire. I know I can help other people with this too. And getting to be a master. So that doesn't mean you do one wholesale deal and say, I love this. And then you go out and teach it. That means you got to make sure there is that level of mastery and helping the people and making sure that you can sustain it as well too. I love that. Love that advice. Well, and I, and two, I want to give a plug for your book too. I mean, seriously, people, get this book because not a, not all of us, not even probably a portion of us, know are educated about money and the and the way we should be. This book, I know from from Mike's book and from the from um, your book, which is tailored for real estate investors. This is the book you need to read. I mean, these books are are books that you need to read because they will change your business. They they will change your business. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So why the book, why I wanted to write the book, you know, and when you could see a rich dad, poor dad, and it's like, wow, that's awesome. And then you could see a, a profit first, but then there's not one for real estate investing. Like, here we go. Like, I want to help unlock real estate investors' minds. So she's talking about profit first for real estate investing, which you can find on Amazon or simplecfosolutions.com. But that's where our book is. And yeah, just that was a labor of love you know, just, and a lot of good people around, around helping get that come to fruition. But that's, uh, yeah. So thank you, Sharon, for that. But, uh, but just a couple last things, couple last questions here on the podcast, but what would you as just general advice to the real estate investing community here? This is your chance to say anything to them, to help them either avoid mistakes or help them with something here. What would you, what would be some of your parting advice? Well, I, I talk to people all the time that say, I can't do a deal because I'm not good at negotiating. Uh, I don't know how to do this part or this part. And I always go back to the core of real estate investing is getting the leads. So you have to focus on marketing. You will figure out the, the, the talking to people and the negotiating. And, and I would encourage you to figure that out before you got a smoking hot deal that you really, you really want. Just focus on getting the leads in the door and focus on your brand. Even if your brand's banking new, that's okay. You have the brand of you. David has the brand of David. So he wasn't always the person he is today, but focus on those pieces. And then you will find a mentor, go to your local real estate investors group, find people that know more than you do, but be focused on just taking those steps. And then I believe 
pick, pick something that you really love. For me, that's probate investing. That's why I wrote my course on it because it, they are by far the most profitable deals on the planet. And you get to help a lot of people. So it's the perfect payoff for me as a real estate investor. Oh, I love that. Yes, you have to have leads coming in. I don't care what your business is. I don't care what it is in real estate investing, outside of real estate investing, that is a core principle. You have to have the leads, you have to have people yeah, that has to be consistent. You have to know where it's coming from. And that's where I know that Sharon, you have that probate simplified course. So I want you to be able to make sure where can people go to get that. And then I always ask too, you provide a lot of value here. How can they provide value back? So talk about your course, talk about the let you know the the real estate investing podcast, talk about your blog, like whatever that you would want to help the audience with? Well, the, the blog, um, I have uh, over 900 pieces of content today. Wow. So I have a lot of stuff on the blog, um, marketing, branding, how to do deals. It's all over there. And there's a direct link. So it's Let's Talk Real Estate. Uh, the pot, Well, the blog is Louisville Gals Real Estate Blog. And from there, it's, you can pick up Let's Talk Real Estate Investing podcast. There's a direct link off of the blog. The blog is kind of the home. So let's uh, Louisville Gals Real Estate blog. And then from there, there's also a link to the course, let, uh, Probate Investing Simplified. And what I really tried to do was take the mystery out of it, adjust your mindset when it comes to people think it's creepy or it's weird. And it's really not. It's about having conversations with people that really need your help. Yeah. So go over there. I've got a ton of freebies over there. And um, I'm always looking for suggestions too, for people that want to show one, an article on a particular topic. So let me know what you need to know. And I'm happy to dive into that topic. Awesome. Sharon is a giver. That's awesome. There's that free stuff, a bunch of a bunch of articles to make sure and content to make sure that you are in that right you, wherever you are. I'm sure that she's probably answered the question and has gone through that. And there's there's a wealth of knowledge there. And then also the probate. If you want to get started with leads, no matter where you are, that is a great source of the people that we can help as real estate investors. Not every person is going to be able to be helped by a realtor. So that's another great you know, place as well. Awesome. So exactly. Sharon, thank you so much for being on today. It was a true pleasure. I got to know you more and figure out your passions and really talk about that. And then just provide a ton of value here. Make sure, like she said, to learn the marketing principles. That was a huge tip at the very beginning. If you're, if you skipped all the way to the end to just listen to what Sharon's offering is, but go back and listen to that, the marketing principles. I think that's a huge point. So Sharon, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom here today and providing a ton of value. Well, thank you for having me, David. It's a true pleasure. This episode of the Profit First for REI podcast is over, but there are plenty more where that came from. Are you ready to learn how David and his team can help implement the Profit First system in your business? Schedule a discovery call at simplecfo.com right now. We'll see you next time on the Profit First for REI podcast with David Richter.